This is the Barbecue Central Radio Show, which is recorded live each Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Radio Show is being brought to you by The Barbecue Guru, the original creators of automatic temperature control devices, now offering four different models for you to choose from. Rest easy knowing that The Barbecue Guru is controlling your temperature so you can get on with your life. Visit BBQGuru.com or call 800-288-GURU for more information. And by Fred's Music and Tasty Licks BBQ Supply, your online barbecue and grilling superstore. From cookers to grills, wood chips and chunks, and everything in between, also be sure to try the Tasty Licks barbecue brand of rubs and sauces. Check Fred out online at TastyLicksBBQ.com. And by Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. Located in beautiful Willoughby, Ohio, Stephen DeFranco Jewelers is a family-owned and operated business looking to service the great folks of the barbecue and grilling world. Get free shipping and big discounts by mentioning my name and the term Barbecue Brother. Check out their inventory by visiting stephendefranco.com. And by Butcher Barbecue, with 30 years of experience in retail, wholesale, meat markets, food service, and customer service. Using that experience, everything they do and sell at Butcher's Barbecue comes from real-world knowledge. Check out their award-winning spices, sauces, marinades, and injections by visiting ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. And by the Barbecue Institute. Take your barbecue to the next level with the Barbecue Institute class. Pitmaster Conrad Teddy Bear Haskins uses his years of catering and restaurant experience combined with food science and smoking secrets to help you understand how to improve your barbecue. Visit BBQInstitute.com and register for classes today. And by Barbecuers Delight Wood Pellets. Making pellets since 1994, two-thirds oak, one-third flavor wood, giving you that sweet, succulent smoke that you're looking for on your meat, both for grills and bullet-style smokers and, of course, in larger quantities for your pellet-fed smokers. Find them at bbqrsdelight.com. This is Rennie Kanoff with ChampionshipBBQ.TV, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back at it. Welcome to a new edition of the really big Barbecue Central Show. I am your uh, aforementioned host, Greg Rempe. And uh, joining me for the first time tonight, producer Bobby is in the house. She is going to help me do a lot of the stuff that I normally do. It's on summer hiatus. Figure, why not put the kids to work? Maybe I can actually listen to some interviews and glean information, use them as proper follow-up questions, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, we originate from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, rapidly becoming known as the barbecue capital of the North Coast. A couple ways to get in touch with the show if you want to do it, 877-448-0433. 
Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Those are the two ways to get in touch with the show. All right. Something very new here. I just don't have enough desk, uh, desk space. I think that's uh, what the problem is. Here's what's coming up on the show tonight in case you didn't get the newsletter. If you want to sign up for the newsletter, you can do so by heading on over to the Barbecue Central website, which is thebbqcentralshow.com. And you can sign up right for the newsletter right there. It's going to be no problem, very easy to do. Got a number of spaces left. So if you want a little heads up on what's going to be happening during the course of the show, it usually comes out around 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 14 past the hour. It was going to be Mark Graham from Grilla Pellet Cookers. We have pushed him back, I believe, two weeks at this point. And we'll talk about uh, Grilla Cookers at that point. And then, uh, so to backfill Mark's spot, uh, we were able to grab Robin Lindars, the grill girl who was pushed off the previous week, uh, who was pushed off last week because there was no internet in, uh, in Florida. And without the internet, uh, the show does not happen. So that's kind of like a key component if you were wondering what exactly was going on there. 35 past the hour, Fred Bernardo from Tasty Licks BBQ Supply will be joining us. He took part in Swine Tastic, which was a barbecue event over in Frederick, Maryland, I believe. And he took uh, Grand Championship honors. So we're going to talk to him about that. Second hour, really big. 14 past 10 o'clock, we have John Marcus from Barbecue Pitmasters, the executive producer. And uh, we're going to be talking to him, kind of doing like a post-mortem of the first half of this new season. What do people like? What don't people like? My thoughts, his thoughts, your thoughts. we got a bunch of Facebook questions that we can ask him. So John is always up to the task of making himself, or uh, as they would, uh, would say, availing himself to the crowd and if you want to get in touch with john you're more than welcome to call in i will take your calls uh, all that i ask of course is that you keep it kind of you know respectful tasteful you don't just try and you know get off on him because he's there and you're hiding behind the anonymity of a microphone or an email all right uh, so let's do it uh, survey tuesday questions since we were off last week we'll go ahead and uh, do a question number one Just looking at myself off to the left. Uh, what sits atop your barbecue bucket list? What is the number one thing that you would like to do before you indeed die? Question number two. Always love this question. Do you prefer whole birds when it comes to poultry, or do you like spatchcock birds? And question number three. Submitted by Chris Grove from Nibble Me This. What TV show do you have on but muted while listening to the Barbecue Central show. So those are your Survey Tuesday questions, as it were. So uh, go ahead, weigh in on that. Let's go ahead and uh, quickly look. Uh, Jack Daniels is atop the bucket list. Spatchcock and Cooking Channel is Sylvie Curry. Rooftop Barbecue with a Spatchcock. So it looks like one of these uh, things is great. Look for a great organ. Greater organization, Sylvie. What are you saying, that the show was disjointed previously? I might be offended. I can't understand. I'm all, dis I'm all befuddled now. All right. Uh, where was I last week? A lot of people have asked this. Here is the answer. Little place called Disney. That's right. Not Disney 
land, Disney World in uh, Orlando, Florida. So this is the bigger of the two. And man, we had uh, we had a great time. Lots to do. Got in on a Sunday morning early. Flight out of Akron. Left at like seven twenty in the morning. We were able to put wheels down in Orlando right around a uh, little after nine. And we stayed in. We stayed on property. Don't know if a lot of people have been to Disney World, but we stayed on property at the Art of Animation Resort, which was spanking brand new. Only open a couple weeks before we got there, and was one was the only one of three that were currently open at that point. So there was Nemo, there was the uh, Cars, and then there was also Lion King in this particular facility. But uh, the Lion King and Cars were not open. Cars opened Wednesday, a little bit later in the week. And what? Okay, you can't talk to me. We can't. We can't do. You have to get on microphone if you're going to talk to me. So we have a Nemo, we have uh, the Lion King, and we had the what was it? Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid, right? So it was great going in because we were the only ones there. Well, not us specifically, but we our particular building was the only one that was open. There was a huge pool. Amenities were fabulous. The room was great. It was a suite. So there was the big main room. Then there was a bedroom. And then there were two bathrooms. So there was a lot of space there. And, man, look, Don G, staying at Cars in August, we would have uh, we would have been roommates, Don, as much as uh, you would love that. So it was a first-class But here's the downfall. You stay there for three days, you're the only hotel in that resort that's there, and then another one opens up on Wednesday. And it immediately doubled as far as population. And all of a sudden, it's like you're a spoiled guest. Now you're a hoity-toity. What are these people doing at my hotel? All these people at the pool. Now there's a line at the bar at night that's at the pool. Luckily, we were... Exiting Thursday, I think all in all, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then all of Thursday were probably enough. You know, I got uh, daughters 11, 9, and 6. It was 90 to 92 in the day, uh, all great weather days. But, you know, the humidity is pretty substantial. So even for me, I was like, wow, man, it's a hot one. You got to load down with water. And you don't want to buy it there because it's very expensive. It's uh, about $3 a bottle there. So uh, after the first night, we, I caught a cab, paid cab out to wherever the local Walmart was, bought two cases. You know, because there are cases, two bucks versus your $3 for the bottle in the park. But, you know, look, if you're going to Disney, you got to know everything is, I don't want to say overpriced, but it's expensive. As my dad said, you go into Disney World, you open up your wallet and say, here, Mickey, take all of my money. Because pretty much that's what happens. There's a lot of money spending. It's a lot of expensive stuff, overpriced stuff uh, to a certain degree. But if you have a plan of attack, and you got to have a plan of attack, as we come to find out, it can actually go very well. So all in all, I thought it was a great time. We had uh, a lot of made a lot of good memories. Uh, the other thing is this. If you live by or if you go to... Like, we have a Cedar Point up here. So that's like a, a thrill 
park. It's not an amu- it's an amusement park. It's not like a theme park. Uh, that's the one thing that you have to adjust to. I mean, there's a, a decent amount of rides that are in each and every park, but it's not nearly the magnitude of an amusement park per se. So you got to make sure that the kids aren't expecting to you know, crap their pants on every ride or there's going to be ride after ride after ride where you're going up and down hills and being spun around in circles and all that stuff. There's a lot of great intricacies and man-made stuff that you really have to appreciate with, you know, the live shows and all of that. So once we had that all tempered out, uh, it was pretty much a go uh, right from jumpstart. So I uh, had, a, had a great time at Disney, and if you have the means, I highly recommend it, especially if you have the ability to kind of take the vacation from the vacation a, a little earlier or a little later in the week. So we stayed at my parents for the rest of the week, uh, late Thursday, then Friday, Saturday, and uh, flew back here on Sunday. So there you go. Um, that's where I was last week. There you go. All right. Uh, gang, let me talk to you quickly about Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply, Fred Bernard, because that's who we're actually going to be talking with uh, just after we get done with Robin. You know, there are unsavory businesses and creeping marauders at each and every turn on the Internet. You know, I think we can all agree on that. But sometimes you're looking for a barbecue or grilling item that just isn't stocked anywhere in your hometown or the next town over or the next town over from that. Your options have become very limited, and now you are forced to go online, buy the item that you want, or you're going to have to go without Now, the Internet grip sets in, the hands start to sweat, your neck tightens. You have been screwed on the Internet purchase before. You don't want it to happen again. After all, this is your hard-earned money that you're spending, and you want to feel comfortable about that purchase. Good news, folks. Let Fred Bernardo and the gang over at Tasty Licks Barbecue relieve you of your Internet buying stress. Tasty Licks has one of the most complete inventories on your barbecue and grilling anywhere on the face of the earth. And all the items that you see on Fred's website are in stock. They are ready to ship to you directly. Now, are there other places on the Internet that you might find the item a little bit cheaper? Perhaps. Are you 100% confident you're actually going to get the item that you pay for? How long is it going to take to get to you shipping-wise? All great questions that no one can answer with 100% assurity. That's why when you buy from Tasty Lakes Barbecue Supply, they have those items in the store. They ship to you promptly. And everything in the store priced fairly. Help. If you want to try and work a deal, extra special deal with Fred, I'm sure he'd be happy to take your call. You can work something out from there. Tasty Licks carries grills, smokers, ceramic cookers, electric grills, various charcoal types, wood chunks, chips, cookbooks, accessories. If you, if they don't have it, you don't need it. And on top of all of that, Fred carries many of the other show sponsors in his store as well. So you're almost doing like a two-for-one, shopping at a sponsor and buying sponsors' products. It's the best of both worlds. And don't forget, the Tasty Licks has their own line of barbecue rubs and sauces as well. Be sure to try them. Head on over to TastyLicksBBQ.com and let the confidence exude from you as you make your purchases online. Then enjoy your items upon delivery. And don't forget that Fred and the gang are there to help you with after-the-sale items if you need it. TastyLicksBBQ.com. Right when we come back, we will have the Grill Girl, Robin Lindars. You are listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks.
the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Right, welcome back. Coming up on 14 past the hour, 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Those are the two ways to get in touch with the show. My first guest tonight is a regular on the show. He runs a very popular RealGirl.com food blog. Let's go ahead race over to the hotline where we uh, go ahead and grab Robin Lindar's Real Girl. Robin, how are you? Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Had a little trouble on the board there. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes. All right. We are, we are, we are cooking with gas All right. charcoal. Cooking with grass, <laughs> charcoal, propane, wood pellets, whatever you want to call it. So let's, exactly. go, let's break some big news right now. Go ahead. Give me a drum roll here, uh, my uh, producer, lady friend. Uh, breaking news. You will be on Chopped a little bit later this summer with some other Florida talent. Tell us all about it. Very exciting. Um, yeah, you know, I can't really say how, I don't think I'm allowed to say how I did because that might kill the excitement around the show, but, um, yeah, my episode is going to air August 5th and let's just say that it's me and three guys competing on my episode. So I guess I was the token girl for mine <laughs> and it was muy tenaz, as they might say down here in South Florida, it was very intense and, uh, I'm just happy I didn't need therapy afterwards. <laughs> uh, do you did you see or find a posting that was asking people to submit auditions to this particular one? Were you just invited uh, auspiciously, or how did that work out? I was actually invited auspiciously. They actually reached out to me on two separate occasions, and um, I've always been very uh, hesitant of doing anything reality TV show because I just think if you don't do well, you can look like an idiot or also, you know, they can edit things a certain way and, and skew things. But because they reached out to me on two separate occasions and because, um, you know, at the time I thought it was going to be very grilling oriented, not so much, you know, low and slow smoking oriented, which grilling is definitely my thing. Then I figured, you know what, what the heck? I mean, I like, I like cooking with wacky ingredients and I like a challenge. So what the hell? So they did pitch it to you as being more of a grilling thing, or did they say it could be both? They said that it was primarily grilling, not like a barbecue pit masters or, you know, best in smoke. Because, I mean, I would say I do 80% grilling and 20% smoking, probably. So I just didn't want to do something where, you know, they're like, hey, smoke this whole hog. And I'd be like, that, wow, you know, up against people that are like being way out of my league. So... Um, but it was exciting. But I will say, I mean, there were a lot of professionally trained chefs there. So, I mean, there were times when I was like, holy crap, you know, like, how did I get here? But it was a cool experience and I met a lot of neat people. So it was a very, I'd say, you know, like sometimes they say if you don't do something kind of crazy out, out of the box, you won't grow from it, from it. And I definitely would say that was like one of my cool, neat lifetime experiences. Robin Lindar is joining us here on the show. You can find her website at Grill Girl. Dot com and that's grill and then g r r r l dot com if you want to check her out see what she's up to get some great recipes uh, what did you did you know a lot of the names were they just you know big time chefs that nobody would hear of uh, I know there were some other 
know, local barbecue people like Ray Lampy and uh, Chad Ward from Whiskey Bend Barbecue that will be on subsequent episodes as well. But you know, a lot of the people that I was looking at as far as the list is concerned are people I didn't really you know, know from the industry per se. Well, you know who was like, wow, I, wow. Like I was just in awe and we ended up going out to dinner with Sam Choi. And if you Google Sam Choi, he will come up in Wikipedia as the culinary ambassador of Hawaii. And he's actually competed on Iron Chef before and is like BFF with Wolfgang Puck. And um, I didn't actually know about him until another contestant named Doug Quiles, who's from New Jersey and is a barbecue boy and, and does a lot of competition. Um, he has a team called Ribs Within and super cool guy. And he's on my episode, which you guys will see. But um, he told me about Sam, and I was like, holy crap, like, wow, you know, like, that's some serious talent. And I'm just honored to have even been invited because I've had my, my blog less than four years, and I didn't grow up grilling. I'm, I'm very much self-taught and just very food grilling curious and like to – you know, throw stuff on the wall and see how it, see if it sticks, like just try wacky stuff and see what happens and kind of think outside the box. So from the creativity standpoint, I thought I would do well, but it was, it was definitely like um, very intimidating for me. All right. So I'm interested in the television, like the production aspect of it. You know, I don't care. I mean, I care if you want or not, but I'm not going to ask you about that for obvious reasons, but you know, you have done a lot of local television. You've done uh, other spots for internet, like internet produced stuff, uh, potentially like a sizzle reel to, to get you on a food network or whatever. So you do have some of that TV experience behind you already. Does it kind of ease your way into an event like this, or does the experience not necessarily prepare you at all for this style of a, a cooking show? You know what? I think it doesn't prepare you at all for the actual cooking segment because when you do um, when you do these cooking segments like the webisodes I've done and, and the cooking segments, you have the food prepared. You know your recipe. You really just need to be able to cook on air and be able to carry on a conversation for live TV and for the recorded TV or for the recorded like stuff that goes on Internet or whatever – you can practice your lines until you get get it. And everything's, you know, if you're lucky, you'll have a food stylist or I'm the food stylist a lot, but it's, you know, the recipe to make it look good for TV. And this is very much like they're taping you and there's a million cameras everywhere. And then they're like, go. So it's, it's, I don't know if it's, for me, it was not conducive to being in my creative element where, you know, the wacky ingredients would just come together like in a, in a bout of creativity and, and, you know, um, a fantastic recipe. It was more like, holy shit, I'm here with Ted Allen and these are, this is the Food Network and I'm going to be on national TV and there are cameras everywhere. And I'm now racing to, you know, compete for ingredients with three other chefs and, and to cook something in a short amount of time. <laughs> Does it? Um, it was pretty nuts. Seeing who you're around, I mean, obviously, it sounds like it can be pretty heady and intimidating stuff. Is there a point though in the cook or during the challenge where it all just kind of evaporates and you, you get in that zone, as they say, and, and you're off doing your grill grill thing? I think so. I mean, I think that you you just have to like focus and be with the food and and how it turns out. I mean, there's definitely a point where you're like, I can't I can't change my plan. I'm either going to stick with what I decided and go with it because I've only got 10 minutes left. There's, I can't rearrange this recipe now, now that it's not going well, or now that it's, uh, is that what I was expecting? So, 
um, you know, you just have to do what you got to do. It's, it's, it's crazy. But you know, what was cool about it is like, I never felt like there was any animosity with the other contestants. I've really kind of felt like we were a team, you know, because at the end of the day, you were actually competing against yourself because it is you and your mind to put together some really wacky ingredients. And, you know, that, there are a lot of external things going on. Like you can hear the judges talking and you'll have cameras everywhere and you're in an um, unfamiliar kitchen and, and you're, you know, you might be, com- you, there's limited ingredients, you know, once something runs out, but at the end of the day, it's you versus your mind and who can put together those ingredients in the best way and, and execute. So um, it was a cool experience. And, you know, I was, uh, contemplating having a party. Cause I was like, eh, I don't know how I feel about how I did. I don't know if I want to like shout it out from the rooftops, but at the same time, I'm like, well, if I can't throw a big bash, if I'm going to be on some crazy reality TV show, if, if, even if it's nothing more than just to make fun about myself and, and have a laugh from it, then what the hell I should be able to have a, a bash and, and, and get a good laugh from it and have fun. So so, uh, I'm actually pretty excited. In in the retrospect, and obviously you probably haven't seen like the finished product yet. Overall, were, were you happy with the performance that you put in? No, oh. I can't say how well I did, but let's oh. just say that um, I didn't go in and but I have not installed a pool in my backyard yet. <laughs> ah, was that what you're going to do with the winnings? Possibly. Possibly, right. Uh, Robin Lindar is joining us here on the show. All right, so <laughs> we'll look forward to that, and uh, hopefully uh, you get through your uh, – because I think you, like there's a qualifying, and then the three winners move on to like a final thing or whatever it is. So, uh, you know, we wish you good luck on that. Something you did last month, uh, which you also did uh, the year prior, was Memphis in May, and you were actually going down to, to compete this year versus kind of like helping a team out and getting some experience. Uh, give us a little recap of the Memphis in May experience. What did you like? Uh, what weren't you prepared for? Stuff like that. Well, you know, what we were, my dad and I were going to do People's Choice this year, and then it got canceled because they didn't have enough health inspectors. So. That was kind of a bummer because then all the other categories were taken and, and Chris Grove was going to join us and then it got canceled. Um, so actually what we ended up doing was um, two sauce to pork was going to have a, like a big barbecue brethren dinner. And so my dad and I uh, did that dinner for like 50 people and that was pretty fun. And since the theme was um, it was the Philippines, we did a Pinoy pork skewer, which was like, Filipino street food and it was just it was cool we I was it was kind of like I felt like I pulled off a small catering gig and um and then our team actually won uh second place in red sauce so that was really exciting and we actually got to walk walk the stage um and and we used the gorilla for the first time in our tent what did you think that was kind of cool too huh did you like how it cooked you know, I didn't get to play with it that much. So I think the jury's still out for me. I, I think it's cool for the backyard. I don't know if I'm totally sold on it for competition barbecue. The red sauce that you mentioned that you were able to, to take the walk with, is that a recipe that you have been using slash working with for a while? Is it something you just kind of came up with and you were going to take it out and, and try it out there in Memphis? No, it had nothing to do with me, actually. Um, it was my team member, Blake Markham, who made it, who had actually had, like, uh, I think he had food poisoning and turned it in at the last minute, like two minutes left to turn it in. And uh, so they had actually prepared, my team had actually prepared an alternate 
Red sauce because they didn't think he was going to show up. And then they were standing in line about to turn their sauce in. And he came in, took the container, ran back to the tent, rinsed it out, put his sauce in, ran back to the, you know, get back in line. And then um, he ended up winning number two, which is awesome. And so by association, by being on the team, I got to walk the stage, but it was not my red sauce, so I cannot take credit. But we have to give much props to Blake Markham from the two sauce support team. Yeah, and uh, always fun to walk the stage regardless, right? I mean, it was just a cool experience for me. I mean, I'm still like, wow, just to be a part of it is cool because I, you know, I didn't grow up competing. I'm not from Memphis. I didn't grow up uh, competing in barbecue. So to be able to walk the stage, I think, is a, a pretty big honor just to be a part of the whole experience. So uh, as far as the, and you uh, gotta love the two sauce support team. I mean, did you see the pictures on my blog where they wheeled that keg of beer in yeah. a shopping cart yeah. to the award ceremony? Like, how priceless is that? <laughs> uh, there's only one other team that I know that would have the brass balls to wheel a keg of beer. In a shopping cart to awards, and his name rhymes with Chad Ward from Whiskey Bend Barbecue. Uh, so in regards to, like, the barbecue event itself, how impressed were you with the teams? And I guess you're not hugely steeped in the competition side of things, but to see, you know, Melissa Cookston, you know, in the last two uh, out of three years win overall championship uh, with the whole hog, and that's pretty impressive, right? Oh, my God. I mean... Wow, she is awesome. I mean, you you go out there, and I've met her only one time before with my dad, um, and you see a lot of people partying at Memphis, and you meet Melissa Cookson, and she is all she is down to business. This is a true competition for her, and it shows because she always wins. So my hats are off to her. I mean, she's awesome, and it's so cool for me that she's a lady in barbecue, and she's kicking serious ass. So I think it's awesome. It was a great year. It was really fun. It was back on the river, and the more I do it, the more I learn about it, the more cool people I meet. Um, I'm actually – I have a lot more barbecue contributors to Grill Girl right now. I actually have um, Leslie Rourke Scott just um, – I'm about to publish her first article for grillgirl.com. And uh, I've got some – I've got some of the guys from the Basty Boys who won the Jack last year, and I've got Jesse from, from Thermaworks. So um, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm getting a, a good little lineup of, of contributors so that it's not just recipes, but some some good barbecue insight and um, perspective. So, Robin Lindar is joining us here on the show. GrillGirl.com is the website. Again, that's Grill, G-R-R-R-L.com. Now, you're also doing some uh, cooking slash demos at RibFest at the Sears Grilling is Happiness alongside Ty Pennington and uh, Perry Perkins uh, coming up probably in just, uh, just a few weeks. What's that all about? Um, you know, it just kind of happened. I started blogging for them, and they have a really great lineup of bloggers for this new site they launched called Grilling is Happiness, which I think is an awesome name. And they decided to, I guess they're sponsoring, um, they have a, a booth at, at Ribfest, and they chose some of the bloggers that had some TV experience, and, and I've just done some TV in the past, maybe, you know, um, I've done TV, so they're like, do you want to do some, some cooking demos? And I was like, yeah, that sounds fun. And um, and I thought it was cool because, you know, George Hirsch is a pretty big name and Perry Perkins. I mean, I, I read his site. He's a cookbook author. I mean, I'm totally flattered to even be included with these people. And then um, Ty Pennington's going to be there because, you know, he has a line with their patio section and, and he does a lot of stuff with Sears. 
And George Hirsch was going to be doing, well, I'm going to be, we're all going to be doing demos on Saturday at Ribfest. So if you guys are around, come check out everybody's recipes. We're all going to be doing some really neat stuff. And Ty's going to be there. And he's good looking. So that's a draw in itself. Is he, <laughs> is he really good looking? I think he's good looking. I'm going to have to wear really tall shoes because I'm really short and he's really tall. And if we're on TV together, I'm going to look like a midget. <laughs> These are things so that happen. I'm definitely going to be wearing like wedged, really cute high heels. <laughs> Get those platforms going. Uh, Robin Lindor yeah, is joining us here. Totally Miami for that. Absolutely. Now, uh, also, you've been doing some, I don't know if you call it like guest blogging or you know additional blogging aside from your own stuff with the Grilling is Happiness website. What's that all about? Well, so that's the thing with, with Sears. So I've okay. been doing, I actually just did one called How to Host a Barbecue and, and Not Break a Sweat. Just tips for grilling and, and some of my fun recipes. Like, um, actually, one it's going to, it's the one I'm going to be doing um, on TV with, with Ty is uh, just grilled French toast. And, and I've kind of been taking it upon myself to do stuff that's a little bit more out of the box, like on the grill, you know, not your traditional just meat. And, and burgers and hot dogs, like trying to kind of like push the envelope a little bit so people can, and also women, you know, for Sears who, who usually, you know, it's, it's father's day and it's summer, usually buying grills for their husbands or dads or whatever. So they can think of cool ways to use it too. But, um, but yeah, I've been, been blogging for them and they have, they have Perry, they have grilling with rich. Uh, they have a lot of cool, cool people on the site. So it's, it's been fun working with them. Robin Lindar is joining us here on the show. Also, uh, before I let you go, got a really nice mention on a little uh, website called Esquire.com. Not too bad, right? That was really fun, and um, it was so funny from my because my coworker said something like, I, I sent it to him, and he was like, wow, congrats. And by the way, all those other women look like they could really kick your ass. <laughs> so... Um, I was described as like the girl next door in in, in barbecue, and, and there are a lot of really tough cookies out there. So I was I was flattered to be in, included with the list because they had Melissa Cookson and, and Diva Q and and a sassy um, lady at the end named Tootsie. <laughs> Tootsie, of course. Uh, well, good. Congratulations on the mention. That's with uh, like you said, a lot of great company. And uh, we are talking with Robin Lindars. You can find her website, grillgirl.com, a great uh, blog uh, full of recipes. And, of course, you can follow her right along there. Uh, Robin, always appreciate the time, and thanks for coming on tonight. I always have fun talking to you all. So, um, yeah, look forward to listening to the rest of the show. All right, take care. There she is, Robin Lindars. You can find her, again, grillgirl.com. That is the website. No applause for her? Of course. Outrageous. Um, I am interested to see how, the, if you haven't seen the link, um, I saw some posts being made. I don't know if that was today or if the post itself was a couple of weeks old and I just caught it. Uh, there is a Food Network is doing like a, a, it's chopped, but it's more uh, geared towards the griller. So uh, people, friends of the show, as in uh, Dr. Barbecue Ray Lampy, uh, Chad Ward from Whiskey Bend Barbecue, uh, Robin Lindars, Grill Girl. Uh, those three specifically that I know that have been on this show uh, were invited to to take part in that. I'm not exactly sure what the show schedule is supposed to be like and who they're going up against uh, in particular, well, that being uh, Chad and, and Ray because Robin said who she was going up against. But uh, it'll be interesting to see. Again, you know, I'm just not a fan of the chopped style of show. That's just me. I'll be very interested just to watch the people that I know on television and hope they do well. 
but it's something that I don't necessarily have to watch. Like a lot of a lot of people love Chopped, a lot more people than me, obviously, because the show itself is very successful. There are a lot of other shows that are based on Chopped, so can't argue with success begets success, and I guess that's why you have a lot of uh, similar themed shows. Now, look, Robin mentioned the pellet cooker, the Gorilla. I myself have one of those, and when I got it, I'm like, i got to find pellets for this cooker. What am I going to do? Immediately, I thought of Candy Weaver and the good folks over at Barbecuers Delight Wood Pellets. Why? Because they are widely considered to be the pellet resource for pellet-fired cookers. That's right. Whether you are on the competition trail or in your backyard, folks choose Barbecuers Delight Wood Pellets more than any other brand for their superior quality flavor and you should give them a try as well you can find them at barbecuersdelight.com that's bbqrs delight.com now maybe you don't have a pellet cooker no problem you can still take advantage of the pellet revolution on your gas or charcoal grill or smoker by grabbing the cast iron pot option you buy yourself a nice sampler pack of pellets you load a one-third cup into the pot and then you place it into the cooker or grill let that sweet succulent smoke take care of the rest now maybe you're not familiar with pellets let me give you a little insight here When pellets are made, all of the air within the cellular structure of the wood is evacuated, thus concentrating the wood into a very dense form, much denser than the natural tree. As compared to the other wood flavor enhancers, pellets will yield more intense smoke more quickly. That gives you that uh, smoke flavor exactly when you need it. And since pellets have been produced from sawdust by pressure, which generates heat, any contaminants present in the wood are eliminated. This process produces a sterile smoking wood product of consistent quality. Pellets easy to use since you don't have to soak them in water prior to use. And it's easy to blend wood flavors that produce that consistent result each and every time when you use Barbecuer's Delight Pellets. Now, if you're buying that one-pound bag for your cast iron pot, that's 100% flavor wood. But if you're like me, you have a pellet cooker, it's a little bit different. Candy and the folks over at Barbecuer's Delight have determined that a blend of two-thirds oak and one-third flavor wood is the exact right recipe to ensure great smoke flavor, but consistent BTU temperature burns. Do yourself a favor. Grab some Barbecuer's Delight pellets right now. Visit them at bbqrsdelight.com. Check out all of the flavors they have. And stop fussing with the sticks and chunks. Barbecuer's Delight, the choice of competition cooks on the trail and backyard hacks just like me. bbqrsdelight.com. That's Barbecuer's Delight. All right, when we come back... We will rise up the smoking guitar player, Fred Bernardo from Tasty Lakes Barbecue. Stick around. We'll be right back. Smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampy. Big B, Moonshine Band, Suburban Voice Let's go! I'm an outlaw. Give me two shots. Right, coming up on 37 past the hour, 877 or Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Thanks again to Robin Lindars for joining me last segment. 
My next guest, fresh off a reserve grand take. What did I just do here? At the Swintastic barbecue event that was held in uh, Frederick, Maryland. An event that saw 69 teams show up, try and take over 14 grand in prize money. Here to recap the event is Pitmaster of the Tasty Legs Barbecue Supply Team. We race over to the hotline and grab none other than smoking guitar player himself, Fred Bernardo, joining me here on the show. Fred, how are you, buddy? A video? Uh, well, the video doesn't seem to be working out too well. You want to hang up? We can try it again? Yes, let's do that. I'll call you right back. I got back. an error message, but I think I fixed it. Okay, we'll call you right back. Go ahead and hang up there, Producer okay. Bobby. And recall. See what happens here. Fingers crossed. Looks like it's coming up. Oh, and there he is right there, the smoking guitar player himself. It's Fred Bernard. All right, Fred, a big weekend for you. What? Is that a mandolin? This here is a ukulele. A ukulele. Do you have a yeah. uh, Reserve Grand Championship song that we might be hearing at the end of the segment or something? Oh, no. No, no, no. I'm not doing that again. All right. Just, uh, you're just showing what's for sale at the uh, Fred's uh, Music Supply? Uh, we we sell the ukulele. That's that's right. We do. We yeah. do sell the ukulele. The ukulele. Uh, big weekend for you than the team, Fred. Uh, this was a big event. Sixty nine teams end up showing, and when you do an event of this size, does it get in your head at all that you know this is a big contest, or whether it's thirty teams or a hundred teams, it doesn't matter. You're just going to practice the same plan regardless. Same plan. I'm no expert, but I'm learning. I'm learning fast. Does it get intimidating, though, because of the amount of teams, just the sheer humanity of it all? No, I don't I don't think so, although, of course, it's easier to get a call when there's... I saw there was a, a contest on the West Coast a couple weeks ago. There were four teams. I think I should have flown out for that one. Absolutely. So, you know. Fred Bernardo joining us here on the show. Uh, go to the website, tastylakesbbq.com, if you want to check it out. As you uh, look back on the weekend, anything out of the ordinary that you had to contend with during the cook, Fred? No, once again, we had that incredible weather, and that's out of the ordinary from after last year, but I'm starting to get used to it now. I'm getting pretty spoiled. It was uh, just absolutely beautiful again, and uh, no rain so far this year. Hard to believe, so uh, we're getting pretty spoiled with that. Absolutely. But other than that, everything was groovy. Now, you know, there's all of this talk about... All these high-priced meats and uh, all-natural chickens and stuff. When it comes to product selection for the Tasty Lakes Barbecue Supply team, Fred, are you going above and beyond? Are you using extraordinary products, or are you just using stuff that I could go get at a supermarket or at a big-box store? Uh, well, you know, I've been uh, playing around with that a lot. And uh, these were – I cooked a, a CAB, a Certified Angus Beef Brisket, uh, this past week, and uh, – I think we got third in that, if I remember correctly, and it was frozen for six months. Six in months? In freezer. Six months, because I, I had another one that I was supposedly getting from a local supplier. It didn't come in, so I went to the backup plan, and uh, did great. it was fantastic. So it was, uh, I bought it in November. <laughs> and it turned out uh, absolutely spectacular. Uh, we'll go over the, uh, the individual categories here in a second. Um, are you... You obviously Tasty Legs Barbecue Supply. You're selling a lot of stuff, but you also have your own line of products. Uh, do you use your own injections and stuff uh, when you're yep. uh, using all of that as well? Yeah, everything because you know I steal it from myself, so that way I don't have to pay for it. And uh, you know, as a matter of fact, I have a jar of the sauce right here 
the secret sauce, and I use the sauce in conjunction with the rub, and the secret of the secret sauce, not to get too much of a pitch going, but the secret is that the rub is the spice package in this sauce. So this sauce and my original smoking good rub actually have the same exact spices in them. So I use that, uh, let's see, chicken, ribs, and pork. Chicken, ribs, and pork. All get the no same sauce on brisket. All right. So I mean, we look at the individual categories. Uh, you get a twentieth overall in chicken. You get a sixteenth overall in ribs. Now, I mean, you have a lot of teams. Certainly, you're at the, at least you know the top third, um, almost fourth, uh, because there's almost you know seventy teams there. Are you a little concerned that you're not getting calls uh, because obviously you don't know where you're finishing at? But I mean, were you happy with those two turn-ins enough to think that you were more on the cusp of outside the top ten versus finishing down towards you know sixty-eighth? Well, first off, let me make it clear: I'm not used to getting calls. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. We're fairly new at this, and uh, you know we're we're uh, we're working our way up. Uh, those other guys around me that finished both uh, ahead of me and behind me are getting called all the time because they are amazingly good. But uh, we're working hard. Uh, chicken, you know, chicken toss-up. I, I thought my ribs were spectacular. I've cooked a lot of ribs in my life. I've eaten a lot of ribs in my life, obviously, and the, the box was perfect. The ribs were spectacular. Uh, but you never know. You know, you get one or two judges that maybe don't like them, and... Uh, and that's the way it goes. But I, I was surprised. I really thought the ribs were just out of, out of the park. And uh, all the other stuff was like, you know, seemed good. But uh, you never know. But I really thought the ribs were killer. And, well, the judges didn't seem to think so. Uh, but 16th overall is still really good in regards to the category. So were they that good where you thought you should have gotten a call then? I, I thought the ribs should have been, you know, I don't know. I thought, thought I should have won ribs. I mean, that. I, I have a uh, this this contest again. The second time this year, I've had a master judge with me in the motorhome when I'm doing the boxes, tasting the food, tasting every piece of food, checking everything, looking at the boxes, and uh, he, he gave them a solid eights and nines. You know, he thought, and uh, yeah, we didn't do, we didn't do quite as good, but you know, they 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 were good. I'm going to do them exactly the same way the next time, and I hope they're that good every time. And I think uh, with different judges, maybe who who knows, you know, but. Uh, Chicken, I, I, I thought the chicken was uh, excellent, and uh, you know, but the ribs I really thought were, were really just killer. All right, so again, 20th and 16th, respectively, chicken and ribs. Now, you know, the, the back half of the competition, pork and brisket really shining through. You get a sixth place overall in pork, fourth and brisket. So typically where you have that person winning grand or, or reserve grand seems, at least this year, tumble a little bit when it comes to the pork, and then they pick it back up again in the brisket category. Uh, you came through strong on pork and even a little bit better on the brisket side. Did they seem extraordinarily good to you? Um, or, like you said, you're just kind of you're turning them in and you're just happy to get them in on time? Uh, i got to tell you, I thought they were about as good as it gets. And uh, the last four, in, last four contests in a row, I pretty much thought everything was about as good as it gets. Um, the pork was fantastic, and I thought the brisket was fantastic. And I'll tell you, there are some really good brisket cooks out there at that competition. And uh, to, to even get it in the ballpark with those guys, I'm, uh, I'm amazed I, I can do it. But, you know, I'm starting to hit my marks more consistently. You know, practice makes perfect, and we're doing it over and over again. And uh, I think it's starting to show. But uh, I'm just happy to even, like, see my name anywhere near some of those other teams. I mean, you know, Kit Rudd, uh, 
you know, he's cooked so many fantastic, won so many times with brisket. For me to just be slightly behind him, I don't know where he finished in brisket, but his briskets are always killer. He He's walking all the time. Three eyes, those guys are walking all the time. So uh, just to be a, a around them in, in the standings is just a like a real privilege for me, and we were just tickled. Well, luckily, uh, Kit Rudd is listening here on Instant Chat. He finished second in brisket, so a couple ahead of you. Now, it brings it up to kind of like a, an interesting point here because, you know, once you get all of the scores and you see where you're at and where you finished, blah, 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 the Guayo Barbecue uh, must have edged you out on the show Karma somehow. Of course, that's because he asked for it a little bit earlier in the week than anybody else did. He finishes three points and maybe some loose change ahead of you overall in the points. Is it safe to say that if you would have done a little bit better in uh, either bo- either or both chicken and ribs that you would have taken the whole deal instead of uh, a yeah. reserve grand? Well, I sent Kid a message today. I said, dude, I almost got you, buddy. <laughs> so one of these days it could happen, but uh, I just can't I just can't believe I uh, you know, I could finish as close to that guy and like I say, some of these other guys. Uh, but but again, I had a master judge working with me second time. Uh, you know, a lot of us took Todd Johns uh, from the Plowboys class that we, we sponsored at the store earlier in the year. That certainly helped. My team is really starting to gel. Tim McGuire and I had Toby, my right-hand man at the store, was my third team member for this contest. And, you know, we're really uh, hitting on all cylinders. And, I don't know, really, really uh, j- just uh, everything was just about as good as I, could, as I could make it. I put a lot of extra effort into the boxes this time selecting the best thing, tasting, etc. I, I think I'm just getting better at it, that's all. Fred Bernardo joining us here on the show. He's the pitmaster of Tasty Lakes Barbecue team and, of course, the proprietor of Tasty Lakes Barbecue Supply, which you can find in beautiful uh, Shillington, Pennsylvania. Now, you are, what is it, like the second year of, of competition? You know, really, you've been seeing noticeable, I've been seeing noticeable improvement more than some of the other new teams have probably experienced in their first few years. Are there... You know, a few things that you could point to that have led to your quick success, Fred? Well, uh, taking those classes, I took uh, Ray Lampy's class six or seven years ago. And uh, at the end of last season, I started falling really bad. And I went back and I read all my notes from Ray Lampy's class. And it kind of reset, reset. It was like a reset button. And then, of course, Todd's class. And, you know, cooking with a few other, uh, some of the guys from some other local teams come into my store and we, we cook on Saturdays. We have practice cooks or we cook to serve customers maybe because we have cooking every Saturday. And uh, I, I think it's just, you know, just concentrating and focusing and all the logistics of getting the motor home together and da 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 and all that stuff has now, you know, now we're used to going. You know, we know how to handle some of these problems and, uh, you know, it just, uh, it's, it's, I think it really is practice makes perfect and, you know, I haven't been doing it that long, and I, I you know, there's got to be, I guess, some luck in this. But we, you know, we had a a fourth, I think, in pork at Greenlight. We had a really good call in Greenlight, a trophy. It might have been third, uh, just a few weeks back, and that's another tough competition. So, our, I got the pork. I think I got the pork pretty well dialed in. You know, if I can just hit marks every time, I'm in good shape. Fred Bernardo joining us here on the show, riding the wave of momentum. Where will you be competing at next, Fred? I lost your audio, Greg. You you lost my audio? You still there? Hello? Okay, I'm back. I think we're back. All right. Um, you're riding the okay, big I wave of momentum. Are, where are you going to be competing at next? 
Uh, next is Gettysburg, the the barbecue skirmish in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Hey, Greg, I don't know if you got those pictures I sent you. I don't yeah, want to you know take over your show. Well, I, I did, but here <laughs> is the issue: if you don't send them to me like at least twenty four hours in advance, there's there's a whole pre production thing that has to go on. They have to go into I'm, the whole. So I don't I don't have them to show. Plus, can I show it? Uh, yeah, if you have it, yeah, go ahead, blow it out there, producer Bobby. No, I got it right here. Look. Oh. I just want people want to see that trophy. There it is. Wow, look at There's that. There's that trophy. Give that Hand man some applause. by a guy with a chainsaw. Look at that. Fantastic. It's a monster. It's a, and it's and a it huge check. Bigger. It's a, do, do, now, when you take a check like that, do you just take it to the bank, or do they give oh, you like a smaller I check? I meant this thing here. Oh, That's the trophy there. Well, it's, yeah. hand, it's, a, it's a carving with a chainsaw. Oh, wow. I like, I like the check, too. Don't, don't get me wrong. Sure. I like that check. But like the big checks, do they just cash right at the bank like normal or? No, they wouldn't take it. Uh, as a matter of fact, they wouldn't <laughs> take it. And I was starting to feel like Myron, you know, I don't want that damn check. I want my cash. But, well, Kingsford didn't listen to me. You know, they they don't really figure me as as powerful as Myron. So, hmm. I, you know, we just had to take the check. But it looks really good on the wall at the store with that trophy in front of it. Oh, absolutely. And, and the trophy is phenomenal. It's it's an amazing thing. You know, they, they these these guys were carving them. With chainsaws, they were doing chainsaw carving, demonstrating, and I just sort of saw it. No, well, whatever, you know. Next thing you know, I own one of them. Hey, did I, did I mention? Did I mention that I used this the, the tasty like secret sauce? I guess I did mention that in there earlier. Uh, maybe you might have mentioned it, but if people don't know, uh, a it, it's holding that same secret spice block that the that the rub has. It's also in the sauce. So you're getting that nice, consistent flavor profile across all bounds, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it was a, a good idea. I'm surprised nobody thought of it before, but that's what I did. I uh, put some liquid ingredients in, and then bang, the rub goes in there. So you've got the whole thing, consistent flavor profile. You know, Candy Weaver, uh, two years ago when I first started competing, said said to me, you need to get a consistent flavor profile. And I, and I was I heard her voice when I was when I was like thinking about this stuff. So that happened. Fred Bernardo uh, owns Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply in Shillington, Pennsylvania, also the pitmaster of Tasty Licks Barbecue team. Uh, Fred, thanks for the recap this weekend. Uh, continued success coming up, and uh, thanks for coming on tonight. Appreciate it. Okay. Okay, guys. Hey, congratulations to everybody. Absolutely. And thanks for letting me even compete with you. It's an honor. There he is. It's uh, Fred Bernardo from Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply. All right. Check them out, by the way, tastylicksbbq.com. That's the website, tastylicksbbq.com. Uh, take your barbecue to the next level with a Barbecue Institute class. Pitmaster Conrad Teddy Bear Haskins uses his years of catering and restaurant experience combined with food science and smoking secrets to help you understand how to improve your barbecue. Backyard barbecuers and those folks who want to open a business drive and fly in from all over the world for the Institute's small, friendly, informative classes. The Barbecue Institute has a full schedule of classes in Texas going on right now, covering everything from a short fajita class to an all-day class on how to smoke the basics, better known as the classics, the brisket, the pork, ribs, chicken. Now, the uh, premier class has already come and gone earlier this month. That was held at the McKinley Springs Winery in Prosser, Washington. It's set in that beautiful Horse Havens Hills AVA, Conrad's favorite location to teach barbecue. And they also did a secret whole hog cook on Sunday. So you need to make sure you're going to the website, bbqinstitute.com. 
to make sure that you aren't missing out on these special classes. Now, you could learn the difference between cooking with charcoal, gas, sticks, pellets. They can all produce amazing results, yet all require a different route to get there. Learn the practical secrets and the food science on the methods to get the best results from each heat source. Now, when not teaching classes on the weekends, Conrad is conducting private classes and corporate events from coast to coast during the week. He also founded OPBBQ.com in 2004 and still barbecues for troops and the wounded warriors. Now, to make your off-site event, your next off-site event, really memorable, have a Barbecue Institute off-site party. Show your employees you care with the very best barbecue money can buy. They will be talking about it for years to come. They'll also be probably taking all of the leftover barbecue home if Comrade lets them. So for details, go to the Barbecue Institute classes. You visit bbqinstitute.com. You check their Facebook page. Or you can uh, email him as well. Always happy to take your uh, calls and emails about those shows, and the value is great. bbqinstitute.com. That's bbqinstitute.com. Check out the Facebook page for latest news and pictures. We'll come up and wrap the first hour right after this. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks. Advice on cooking brisket and ribs. And the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Who would have thought this music thing was going to go this far? I never asked for this. I never asked for this fast living. The women, the whiskey, craziness. There's whiskey in my soul. All right, we are back. Uh, 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. I wanted to use, have you seen, called, um, uh, is it called Airtime? You have a web, uh, you have a webcam. I don't have it set up here. But basically, it links up to your Facebook account if you have one. And it'll just, like, put you in front of somebody on their web. And you can have, like, this completely random conversation. So I wanted to introduce that to the show as a means of giving stuff away. But, you know, airtime. I think that's what it's called, airtime. But I don't have any way to show you that through my computer right now. Um, Get ready for the buzzer here. Uh, nibble me this. Will I take back what I said about LeBron? Absolutely not. Trust me. 
There's plenty of time for him to pull yet another colossal, colossal or colossal choke job, which, you know, I'm sure he will. All right, uh, we got uh, easy hooks to give away. It's a three-pack, left or right, left or right, handed. So let's see, what's the best way to give those away? Uh, first one in with an email, greg at the bbqcentralshow.com. And just put uh, easy hooks in the subject line, and then I will get those in. And the first one in will uh, get easy hooks. Nothing better than that. Super sharp. I find them to be wonderfully useful when flipping individual strands of bacon. Now, it will do. Oh, God. I got to grab something on the chair. This is the problem. You know how it is. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Alan Frankel wins the easy hooks. Wow. Just edging out Shane Draper. Literally just edging out by mere seconds. Alan Frankel will win. Uh, Alan, go ahead and re-email me your shipping address. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Now, I'm keeping my hand behind it so I don't shake. Weirdos. So Alan Frankel wins. Uh, this is the final week that concludes the Easy Hook giveaway, which I'm sure we'll do again at some point. Uh, so, Alan, send me your shipping info. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. I'll slam that down to Marsha Fox, and you will get it not one, not two, but three. Yeah. You will get three easy hooks of varying size, and they can handle like almost up to 15 pounds. So if you're doing like top round brisket, I think they use easy hooks down in Texas like with those briskets. I've seen them on the Food Channel before. 877-448-0433. Greg at the bbqcentralshow.com. Sylvie's right. With the extra person in, I have I have nothing to do with my arms anymore. Now I'm shaking like a madman. I'm not nervous. Just what I do to... Whoa. Hello. Um, what can I tell you? Thanks, Fred. It's the uh, hot sun. All right. Uh, we'll step away. We'll come right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show on the Barbecue Central Radio Network. From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention? Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? <laughs> you have a great show, I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? He ate 54 wieners. Oh, listen, Laverne, it's a shake face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> 
You could use it to fight off creeping marauders looking to take your steaks off your grills. I just like being anywhere with Junior, Senior, and Diva. Sounds like a whole other type of movie. Wow, yeah, really. Keep it hot, keep it clean, keep it lubricated. We have top men working on it right now. Who? Top men. All right, just like that, we are into the second hour, everybody. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Those are two ways to get in touch with the show. Alan Frankel wins from uh, Cantonsville. Sounds like Canton, Ohio. Catonsville. Whatever, you win. That's all that matters. Best to win. Best to win. Maybe you didn't see this. And that's right. I better not do that. Now. All right. Let's uh, redo the Survey Tuesday questions. Uh, question number one. What sits atop your barbecue bucket list? A lot of people were saying Jack Daniels. For me, it is... Um, Doing the barbecue mecca trip. So it would be me leaving Cleveland with a bunch of people that are barbecue snobs like me. Sorry, meathead. And we go down to Virginia, get some there. We go, obviously, to the Carolinas. And we work our way, I think, down to Texas, go through Texas, and then up into Memphis, Kansas City. And then why not go to Southern California, do a little Santa Maria? Why not? So that's on my barbecue bucket list is the, I call the Mecca trip. A lot of people have made it, or the, the barbecue trail, whatever. Uh, question number two. Do you prefer whole birds or spatchcock birds? I, of course, cue Airhorn's spatchcock. We're working on it, ladies and gentlemen. It's a work in progress. Now, some of you say that that's a drinking game with you, so you're welcome. Uh, question number three. Although, you know, I don't not like whole birds. I don't want to be segregatory in that fashion. Not a word. But I prefer the, the spatchcocking of the birds. All right, question number three. What TV show do you have on but muted while listening to the Barbecue Central show? I, of course, have nothing on. I'm hosting the show. I can't sit there and watch a television. It's bad enough that I have to use... The uh, I've bad enough I have to semi-follow the chat room and not lose my place and, and points of thought. That's hard to do. So that's what I'm watching. Nothing. Oklahoma City up by three points. That's always good to know. All right, programming note. Next week on the show, first-timer in, uh, maybe you saw him on YouTube with Hall of Famer, George, I think Hall of Famer, person who I know from way back in the day in a game that I watched live a lot of people that are at least my age or older remember when the Kansas City Royals and the New York Yankees got together. And there was a little pine tar incident with uh, George Brett. So my guest, Meet Mitch, is going to be coming on. We're going to be talking about his barbecue endeavors, what he's doing. Uh, somehow, uh, well, I believe uh, George Brett is like doing something with the All-Star Game, and he is anointed uh, Meet Mitch as the barbecue ambassador for the All-Star Game. 
So he is going to be on next week, and that's going to be a lot of fun. You know what? I think that's wrong as a matter. No, that's right. So we're talking about how he got involved with Major League Baseball. Obviously, it's a lot of big exposure. He does have his own sauce uh, that is out. I believe it's called like Womp Sauce or something like that, uh, or maybe that's just a term that they use, Womp, uh, Womp It Up or whatever. Uh, so meet Mitch and then uh, making a second appearance on the show. You saw him at the end of February, and he came under uh, quite a heated debate. Uh, not so much on the content, but on the language is uh, Sam Zion, a.k.a. Sam the Cooking Guy. Now, by the way, I will be making my second guest appearance on Sam's show this Thursday at around 9.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you want to check me out being interviewed, which rarely happens, go to it's uh, thesamlivecast.com and check it out. It's a great show, one of my favorite shows on the Internet right now because it's like half talk radio show, half cooking show, and it's, uh, they make it all right there as it's happening live, uncut, uncensored, and uh, through his own efforts, I didn't say anything. Sam has uh, really cleaned up the mouth, which I don't care. I mean, it's Internet. I think I think somebody even used the S bomb already earlier in the in the new or, or earlier in the, in the segment. I think it was uh, Robin even might have said the S word. Yeah, geez, Louise. So check that out again. I'll be a guest on the Sam Livecast nine fifteen p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, this coming Thursday, and then Sam will turn around next week and uh, do a spot on my show. Uh, that would be next Tuesday. All right, uh, producer Bobby, go ahead and pull up. The uh, well, it says Clint, but those are going to be the swine tastic interview clips. I had embedded reporter Kelly Dodd, her dad is the pitmaster of Who's Smoking, uh, Brian Dodd, and she goes to these with him. But she's got aspirations of being uh, potentially in journalism someday, so she's always interested in getting some, you know, a couple of a minute or two bites from the competitors. Uh, so go ahead and play uh, the one that says intro so we can get a little. Uh, insight on what this particular event is all about. This is Kelly Dodd reporting for Barbecue Central Radio. I am currently at Swantastic Barbecue Festival in Frederick, Maryland. Let's go see who we can find. All right, let's go see who we can find. Uh, Bobby, put yourself up there. That's all right. Nobody's noticing. All right, uh, who's uh, who's up there for us to listen to? Uh, a sweet blue person. Uh, no, we don't need any of those. It'll be like, uh, is Three Eyes up there? Yes. So let's hear from Dan at Three Eyes. I am with Eric, the newest member of Three Eyes Barbecue Team. How are you doing today, Eric? Doing well. So since you joined, you guys have won four reserve championships and two grand championships. Do you think this is because of your new cooking or no? Um, no, I think it's just uh, that uh, with Dan and Chris, you know, when we started out cooking and we're getting into the middle of the year, we're getting smooth, we're getting into a rhythm, and uh, it's just consistency, and that's that's what we're looking for, and that's what's what's winning grand championships. Now, do you feel any pressure coming onto this already established team? Um, I did feel a lot of pressure on it. You know, where would I find my place? You know, I don't want to, you know, you know anybody to feel like I'm taking their role. But um, no, everything's fit in real well. I've been cooking with Dan since uh, November. I, you know, not as three eyes, and uh, been cooking with the team since January down in Lakeland, Florida. And um, no, I don't think that there's been any contention among any of us. It's just kind of been a smooth transition. And what kind of experience did you have before joining the team? Um, I've done catering for six years, but um, as a lot of people know, jumping from catering to competition barbecue is a big thing. 
Um, two years ago, I did my first contest in Easton at Holy Smoke, and uh, I didn't realize the competition was completely different than catering, and I bombed. I came back the next year. I was right next to Dan and Chris, and um, I got first place brisket. And, uh, you know, we talked a lot then. And then we ended up, we were in the same class together from uh, Rub Bagby of uh, Swamp Boys Barbecue. Came up to Maryland, did a class, and I started talking with Dan and Chris, and uh, Dan saw a post online that I was going to go to North Carolina, and he said, well, how about you come to Georgia to the barbecue cup with me? So I did, and the rest is history. How did you feel about today's cook? Um, I thought today's cook was pretty average. Uh, nothing really stood out. Um, you know, I think we just about hit our marks. We're pretty close, but, uh, you know, no, nothing really jumped out at us as spectacular. It's you know, just a little mediocre. And where will we see you next? Uh, next will be, at, um, I think, next weekend at Palmyra down in Virginia. Uh, we're doing 25, 26 comps this year, so it's a pretty grueling schedule. We have one weekend off, and that's about it. All right. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much. All right. So uh, there's a guy that likes to talk a little bit. Hello. All right. Um, who else is up there, Bob? There's Cancer Sucks. Yeah. Uh, Scotty Johnson, Cancer Sucks. He was on the show, uh, uh, was it last week? Maybe. Well, not last week. So two weeks ago. Go ahead and play Scotty. My name is Scotty Johnson from CancerSuckSChicago.com. How are you doing today, Scotty? Uh, good. It's a beautiful day. It uh, can't get much better than this. So. How did you feel the cook went today? Uh, you know, I, I guess good enough to win and good enough to lose. So I was happy with everything I turned in for today. Were there any major problems? Uh, no, it's uh, we're pretty much trying to work as a machine. And, you know, there's usually not too many bumps in the road for us while we're cooking. So and turn in. And what are you cooking on today? Uh, I am cooking on a Jambo J5 uh, made by Jamie Gear out of uh, Texas, Burleson, Texas. So. Now, Cancer Sucks Chicago is also a charity. How is the charity coming along? Uh, yeah, we're a 501c3 Corliss Johnson Memorial Foundation. Uh, we uh, so far have raised uh, and donated over a quarter million dollars uh, for cancer research and assist those that are fighting cancer. Uh, last year, we donated over $60,000. Um, you know, barbecue team-wise, last year we raised uh, 20, over $25,000 just from our cooking class with QL. And this year we raised a little over 18000 So, you know, it's been good. That's fantastic. Now, were there any changes with this competition? Uh, no, not really. You know, it's uh, I had actually won this uh, free entry at the banquet, the KCBS banquet. Um, this will be our 34th state that we've cooked in, so I hadn't uh, cooked in Maryland go. It was a good contest last year, and now it's turning out to be a huge one. I think there's 70 teams here. So. And where will we be seeing you next? Uh, next, we actually have a month off after competing four weeks in a row. So we will be right up the road in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, and then we'll be off to uh, Kingston, Rhode Island. So. All right. Thank you for your time. All right. Thank you very much. All right. There was uh, Scotty Johnson from Cancer Sucks Chicago. We've got a couple more to get to, uh, but I lost track of time because I'm not very good at that. Uh, so... Bobby, get me to break, and uh, we're going to be hooking up with John Marcus here in just a second. Just go ahead. And, there you go. Uh, let me talk to you for a few minutes about the longest-running sponsor of the show, that being the Barbecue Guru. These guys make – pardon me. Got a cough. These guys – started the automatic pit temperature control 
extravaganza, the craze. They are the ones that came out with this technology. So, sure, there are, you know, some other ones out there, but why would you want to bother getting this technology from anybody else? Not familiar with how these little beauties work? I'm not going to get into the minute details, as it were, but imagine a product that allows you to set your pit temperature in one set. It keeps it running at that set temperature all the way through the cook. Sound too good to be true? It's not. This is real life. You have to take advantage of this technology today. Do it right now. Now, maybe you're a busy working professional, or perhaps you are constantly on the run with the kids doing errands. And quite frankly, you just don't have the time to set around and tend pit temperatures. I hear you. The Barbecue Guru allows you to throw on a pork butt, a brisket, a couple slabs of ribs, and then you are off to do whatever it is you need to get done. And the Barbecue Guru maintains that pit temp you set it at. Now, there's currently now five models, soon to be back to four. You have that Procom 4 wireless unit, which is great, but getting phased out by what? The CyberQ Wi-Fi unit. That's right. It is able to hook into Wi-Fi connections. I believe it also generates its own Wi-Fi signal if you uh, aren't somewhere else. And now, maybe you have a smartphone. Maybe you have this laptop computer. Maybe you have a, a tablet or a notebook, whatever the case may be. If you have the ability to get on the Internet, all you have to do is launch your web page, put in the IP address, and bam, you are right there on the literal internals of the CyberQ Wi-Fi. You can increase the pit temperature. You can monitor your meat temperatures. You have one pit probe. You have three meat probes. So you can do three different types of meat if you want, or you could take the temperature of the pit in three different places or four different places if you wanted to. Why would you? Now, it's 295 bucks, I believe. So very cheap technology, cutting-edge technology, and it's available today. So this is what you do. You go to the Barbecue Guru and check them out on their website. They will help outfit you with exactly what you need. And most importantly, especially with the new technology, if you need help getting it all set up, they are there to do it. You call them at 800-288-GURU. And again, you visit the website, thebbqguru.com. The Barbecue Guru, a breakthrough in barbecue technology. Don't worry, we'll get back to Kit Rudd uh, after we talk with John Marcus. Who will be getting next? You are listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks. Live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Uh, almost quarter past the hour. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. My first guest in the second hour has been on the show a number of times. He is the pitmaster of Central Pork West, and he has been producing television shows for many years to include the Cosby show as well as 
Barbecue Pitmasters series and a few others as well. Let's race over to the hotline and grab executive producer of the Barbecue Pitmasters series, John Marcus. We welcome him back to the show. John, how are you, buddy? John. Hello. How's my sound, my friend? Uh, the sound is fine. How's uh, now, you, you, you didn't seem to bring your TV studio lights with you. I can fix that. <laughs> Hey, that's that? great. Wonderful, John. I uh, always appreciate you making time out for the show. Um, you know, we, we have the next basically two segments to talk about the show. And uh, the concept of tonight was to kind of break down that first half of the season and, and gear for that final portion. So before we do that, is there any, in, and perhaps maybe breaking news or a scoop, is there any information you can share with us in regards to Pitmaster's already potentially being renewed for another season, even though this one hasn't even finished yet. Some unheard of newt. I got nothing. Oh, nothing? <laughs> no, no. I, I have to lead with that, Greg, because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm under a strict rule of confidentiality with the show. Um, but I can tell you this, that at that at the end of this first season, someone's going to win $50,000. All right, so obviously uh, we can't... Uh, now, you're under obligation that you can't say if you were picked up or if you weren't, regardless? Well, there's... You know, because there's been no official word for, from the network, if I were to sort of say, Here, here's what I can say about it. All right. uh, and, and, and your listeners and your viewers can maybe come to their conclusions, but uh, Destination America, our network... Uh, network that's been really behind the show. I feel like for the first time that Barbecue Pitmasters has found a home. And I've told all the executives that they are so pro-barbecue, they're so pro-making the show authentic and giving a lot of process to the viewers, showing as what I like to call meat porn, <laughs> that they're getting something that really uh, that really is delivering for them. And they seem to be quite thrilled with the ratings and how the show is going. So uh, I can't make any assumptions about it, but I can just say it feels like we got a, we got like a good marriage going here. John Marcus joining us here on the show. Uh, we're going to be talking about Barbecue Pitmasters. So before we get into the postmortem here, John, I, I do want to give people a chance to call in ask questions themselves instead of having me do it. Uh, you can also email if you want to. Uh, John, obviously you're not afraid to answer questions about the show. However, uh, I would ask that you do it with some monicum of uh, tact or respect because we can hang up on you as well if you decide to be a complete douche and hide under the guise of emails or uh, phone calls. So uh, you're open to doing that, right, John? Were you saying I could be a complete douche? No, I said uh, I was telling the people if you're going to be calling in to ask you a question, don't be a complete douche, right? I, I, I really appreciate you telling that to, to the people calling in, Greg, but you and I both know we always have haters out there no matter what. That's the, that's the nature of being, living a life or appearing in public, uh, whether it's this form or another. But at the same time, like I, uh, we do want decorum because this country has started to slide into contentiousness and galvanize parties that are constantly at each other's throats, and we don't need that in this do we? Right? Can't we in barbecue? Can't we? Can't we heal? 
Let's, uh, as a barbecue community, show those other people that uh, galvanization is, we can do it beyond party lines, racial lines, uh, religions, all of that stuff. Uh, and it basically just boils, you know, if you eat good food, things are just going to kind of naturally take care of themselves. Uh, I believe that if we could just get the Israelis and the Palestinians to be eating Texas-style brisket, <laughs> there could be a world peace. Absolutely. Uh, John Mark is joining us here on the show. All right, so let's go ahead and uh, dissect it a little bit here uh, for the first few shows. You know, there seems to be, and, and you know, I scour the Internet. I'm on uh, forums and message boards, and there does seem to be kind of this overwhelming sentiment, to include all those places I just referenced, Uh that and some people that write blogs and, and for newspapers this season is the best yet and that uh, i assume that you won't disagree how do you feel like that finished product is looking uh i feel like we've really uh found a our rail but the show's on the rails i feel like that it's stable it's grounded it's very true to what barbecue is. We're not stunting anything. Uh, and the finished product feels like, for better or for worse, we're almost at an actual barbecue competition. So it feels like, um, you know, we're not uh, doing some of the things that have been done in the past. I really highly doubt that anybody before the end of the season is going to be given a snake to cook. Uh, I'm sure that's very satisfying to a lot of the viewers. Obviously, uh, you know, the contestants already taken place. Now, there seems to be, well, you know, is it hard for you to watch, like, your shows and retract your feelings to look at it objectively and say, yeah, this is good barbecue television or this is bad barbecue television? You know, whenever I watch anything I've been a part of, uh, and, and there's a lot of people that are behind this thing. I mean, I show up. And I help, I help keep it true to barbecue, and I help figure out what the stories are, the veins of the stories. I sometimes will sneak in behind a camera and one of the producers and ask questions. I do that. But there's Lindsay, Lindsay Fried, a co-executive producer. There's Jordan Malari, who's a, a co-executive producer. These are people that have been on the show for almost three seasons now. They're, they finished three seasons. The, these are really uh, become very sensitized and educated producers, so they, they, they know things too. Anytime I look at any show I've been part of, I'm always dissatisfied with something because it's my nature. You know, it's like if somebody is cooking in a KCBS competition, you want the people that really are never happy with what they've done. They'll, they'll make the best stuff. So I think everything can always be better. Uh, this show was uh, thrown together quicker than any of the other series that we did. There were compromises made in getting the show into production. So I see those. Uh, but, you know, if we get to do more, I bet you the network will cut a little larger check to make the show. That would be nice. Uh, John Mark is joining us here on the show. There seems to be a good amount of, I guess, what I would call like insight or information when it comes to process, prep, cooking, uh, after the fact, this season, then, and a lot of folks have, they said that was missing in season two. Was there like a concerted effort to get back to that in this season? And is that something that you have to fight for when like final edits are being done? You know, in the case, 
in the, I'm laughing because uh, in the case of this season, if anything, the network kept saying more, more, more. When it came to explaining what barbecue is, it, the viewers are going to notice of the show that there are a lot of these what we call lower thirds, which things are explained to any kind of a viewer if you don't really know what an offset stick burner is. Let's say one of our contestants says, I cook on an offset stick burner. Well, um, we put that in a lower third of the series. We put it on the picture frame so that anybody can see that it's cooking with wood and it's an offset, meaning it's indirect. Uh, there are like a ton of those in every episode. The network, God bless them, wants more of that. They want as much process as they can possibly get. You know, you know, go ahead, Greg. There was, I don't want to say I heard an overwhelming amount, but you know, that first season of Barbecue Pitmasters, you, you know, they were setting up a shot or whatever, and there was John Marcus kind of explaining some things of why this competition was relevant or what competition cooks look for or how they're preparing this and that. Not necessarily a host, but having some guy that looks, uh, or not looks, but knows what they're talking about and has the passion for it. Why isn't there... Some of that, I heard people saying, well, we liked it when John Marcus was in the show kind of setting up spots or, or setting up segments. Well, to all those viewers who feel there needs to be a John Marcus on the series, I urge you to write <laughs> Destination America. Attention, Ron Simon. <laughs> Tell him you're looking for more of a guy. If we can't get John Marcus, let's get somebody like John Marcus up there. You know, I mean, I, I, I enjoy doing that, but it was the network's idea on season one of TLC that I'd be on the show, giving that color commentary that you mentioned. And then at the end of season one, the executives of TLC said, uh, no, nah, we don't need him anymore. <laughs> uh, uh, really? So I was let go of my own show. It's, it's hard and probably not that great to be fired off of your own show, but at least you kind of get to stick around. I mean, you have to. It's your show, right? They said you can still be the executive producer, but we don't want your mug on the show. <laughs> um, I, I do think that the strategy for this season was that the three judges who are up there, uh, Tuffy Stone and Myron you know, and Aaron Franklin, would possibly serve as the color commentary so that there are people out there who don't know barbecue who could actually listen and the judges might explain things. And then, you know, we get the cooks to explain what they're doing whenever possible. Uh, so could there be more? Probably there could, you know. Um, but listen, I think that this pot, this mug right here is uh, is almost made for barbecue television. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I have a face uh, for radio. Yeah, people were clamoring to have uh, cameras on me talking into microphones. So I... I I, I obviously do not know what general public uh, is looking for. Now, let me ask you this. One observation that I have is why bother traveling to all of these different barbecue cook-offs? If you were off in your own area, not amongst the other teams per se, I guess like the ideas, I can see where the ideas, but in, in the final examination, it seems to be a little bit unnecessary. I think that's a great point you're making, Greg, and I can answer that question with two words. Destination America. Really? Yeah. So they wanted you to be at actual barbecue competitions without taking place in barbecue competitions. 
Well, they did because, and I can totally see their strategy, which is, listen, we are looking for programming. How are we going to launch this network? Well, well, we do know we like the viewership that bar that barbecue pitmasters has, and we are Destination America. So you're telling us that this show actually that real competitions are all over the country, and we said yeah, and they said well then we want to go there, and we want to go there in March and April. And my point to them was, well, that's not the height of barbecue season. But the truth is, look, at we got some decent locations from it. And yes, every barbecue competition is like you could pick one up and put it in another town or another city. But then we also do all that kind of B-camera stuff where we talk to the mayor and we show the highlights and we show, you know, the landmarks in that particular city. So it is kind of a good match for that. And then when you think about the fact we might get to do more in places, you know, like Kansas City and 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 in uh, Lockhart, Texas, maybe, and around there, we're really going to encounter this. Remember, we're just a fledgling show. It's the first six episodes. Hopefully, there's going to be a chance to really show the colors of what this can be. John Marcus joining us here on the show, executive producer of Barbecue Pitmasters series. We're now in season three. A uh, question that I did want to ask, John, is, you know, last year there was, I guess, 50% or they seem to have cut the purse by 50% just because of size of the television station, more or less? Well, you know, they cut the budget compared to TLC and they cut the purse because, uh, I listen, it's great that we had a purse. <laughs> it's great that we had a sponsor like Kingsford. So... It's almost like we got, if we're going to be given the keys of the car, we got to show we can drive. And, and I totally get it. So maybe next season, if there is one, it's going to be a bigger purse. Do you, when you look at the six seasons of that, there really have been six different versions of this show. Uh, in other words, it's been canceled five times. Add up all those purses, that's a lot of money for barbecue. We've given away like a half a million dollars. You're you're intimately familiar with people sending you stuff, I want to get on television, blah, blah, blah. Do you think if there was no prize purse and you had to reach out to the team and say, look, uh, we like you, we like your audition tape, but here's the deal. You have to pay for your way out, and there's going to be no prize purse. Do you think you'd have any trouble filling those slots? Well, let me say this. If that were the show, I wouldn't want to work on it. Because it's not fair to barbecue people, you know? It's not fair to the people who are taking days out of their lives to get somewhere. Uh, that being said, I think that an appearance on this show is really worth something to the contestant, to the cook. So we probably would be able to fill the slots on the show even if there were no prizes. I wouldn't want to be part of that, but it probably would happen. Do you get a lot of contact back from people that have been on the show saying that they have actually been able to reap a lot of residual rewards and uh, benefits from having been on the show? Uh, I do get that. Like sometimes they'll send me commercials they've got to done for their local, uh, their local businesses. Um, I mean, Mo Kaysan is certainly an example of someone who's gotten opportunities because of it. Uh, People who might be selling their rubs and sauces on the internet get a spike right away. 
So the point I'm trying to make to all of them is where's my check? Right. Where's the residual? That's what happens when I give uh, these teams the barbecue karma. They go right out. They win that weekend. I'm still missing my 10% residual checks. Well, that's you know why, Greg, we, we do this? Because we do it for love. That's right. That, that, that's got to be the only reason. Otherwise, I'm, uh, what do they call people that uh, do the same thing over and over and expect the same result? Insanity or whatever it is. Uh, yeah. John Mark is joining us here on the show. The judges this season seem to have a, a very good rapport. They've also gotten great reviews from the viewers along with like this. And we kind of mentioned it here briefly, like the, the no host of sorts, but hosting in lieu of like a, a Kevin Roberts from last year. Uh, are these guys as close as they seem on television, or do they have to kind of build it up a little bit for the TV aspect? I believe in reality they all hate each other's guts. <laughs> really? Yeah. I don't think there's no love lost up on that panel whatsoever. <laughs> Fist fighting is, uh, is merely seconds away, uh, given any work. Let me put it this way. That the footage that has been cut out so far could actually be made into an ultimate fighting championship on another network. Are you happy with how they have been performing in their particular roles? Well, let's talk about them for a second. I mean, Aaron Franklin, who is uh, a breath of fresh air, he's a really amazing find, and uh, I knew about Aaron, but I got to give a tip of my hat to Destination America for saying we want that guy on the show. He is a true savant. I believe he's a natural, you know, there's only a couple of real natural barbecue people in this world, like where they have an understanding of heat, smoke, and meat beyond anything that normal people have. And I think Aaron's one of those. He's like, he really embraced this. You can see it his learning curve. He's getting better every week. And on top of this, running this like incredibly successful barbecue place that probably is the place in the United States to eat barbecue right now. He's been great. And I think he also has a fantastic look about him. And what people don't know about Aaron is Positive. if you would examine the numbers of the scores, he is the toughest judge up there. What about... Uh Myron and Tuffy? Uh, I think they're natural competitors with each other. Uh, I mean, Tuffy, the truth is, Tuffy's really out there on the circuit still. And I'll tell you, Tuffy Stone is all around. Not only is he a chef, but he's a great barbecue guy. And one of the class acts of our time, at least in barbecue, Tuffy will always help another person with his knowledge, with his supplies even. I once called the contest before Tuffy was on any of my shows and he he sat up next to me and I think he helped me so much that he sacrificed his own performance at the contest. Do you ever get the feeling that Tuffy and Myron because I don't know Aaron as much. I don't know if he's you know c competes anywhere near as much as the other two. But do you ever get the feeling that the Tuffy and Myron would rather just tip the table and, and grab their own cookers and get in on some of the action? Uh, there's fifty thousand bucks at stake. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> because, hey, you know, they're looking out there. Here's the thing is those are two real masters as well as Aaron, but they're real competitors. They're out there on the circuit all the time. And they can see, they can see what the cooks are doing that may be wrong. And it's bothering them that they're sitting up there basically handcuffed from getting at that money. So, yeah, I think they would like to get out there sometime. And who knows, if we get more to do, that might happen. Judge, could you got you got the judge is going to come down for the person that wins that. You got to cook against one of the judges. Uh, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, John Marcus joining us here on the show. John, I'm going to put you on hold just for one second. I'm going to go ahead and do a quick spot read, and then we'll come up and uh, finish the uh, conversation for Barbecue Pitmasters three. So, Bobby, go ahead and uh, lower uh, Mr. Marcus down and uh, kick me to break while we do that. Uh, this is going to be a public service message to all the barbecue brothers and sisters. From our show sponsor, Stephen DeFranco from Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. He is a uh, barbecue junkie. Just uh, hit play. Yep. And then fade it out. Then that should put us where we need to be, I think. Lock it up. Beautiful. All right. Uh, Father's Day came and went. It was the, just this past Sunday. What did you get, dear old dad? Same crappy necktie, same crappy barbecue sauce that'll never use. Slacks. Action slacks. Yuck. Stephen DeFranco had the perfect answer. Did you take advantage of it? A new watch. Steve has an incredible selection of watches that would have been perfect for dear old dad had you only taken my advice for two or three weeks prior to that big day. He's got Bolivar watches. You don't have to spend a ton of money on these watches. They're stylish. They're affordable. They start under 200 bucks. Bolivar watches come in traditional quartz styles and retro automatic versions conographs skeletons traditional styles fill the bowl of a line of timeless masterpieces and of course you have that precisionist which is the world's most accurate watch the bowl of precisionist is uh that watch with the exclusive 16 segment per second movement giving the second hand a smooth moving appearance it's got the steel and titanium versions and they're available as well and then of course the watch that i wear the accutron it's the high end without the high price the Cadillac of the Bolivar, and they start at under 600 bucks. So, I mean, look, you can't dress up a lot as a guy. You're not going to be wearing skirts. You're not going to be putting on wedge-high heels, thong underwear. Well, maybe some of you are. So it's the watch. It's really like one of those only pieces that we have left, and you can get some of the best watches out there from a guy that is a barbecuer at heart, Stephen DeFranco from Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. He's also has the... Uh, what do you call it? the the Philip and Company watches? This is a guy that lives just west in Cleveland, in Lakewood, and he makes these watches by hand. He's a cottage watchmaker. He numbers them individually, and they start at eight hundred and ninety-five dollars. And it's that elegant European style. They're very affordable, and all of Philip's watches are serialized, and they're registered with Philip himself. Now, if you want to still take advantage of the Father's Day deal, you can do it. You go to stephendefranco.com and you pick out the watch that you like. Then you call them, 440-943-2700. You ask for Steve himself and then tell him you're a barbecue brother or sister. He'll give you the real discounted price of the watch because he's not allowed by the manufacturer to show you on the website. Again, stephendefranco.com, 440-943-2700. Ask for Steve. Tell him you're a barbecue brother or sister. And then you're going to get hooked up with the savings. 
All right, uh, when we come back, again, that's stephendefranco.com in beautiful downtown Willoughby, Ohio. The business district, not the downtown district, whatever. If you're from around here, you know exactly what I'm saying. I know you know Patio Daddy. Uh, when we come back, we'll more with John Marcus about uh, Barbecue Pitmasters Season 3. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Network. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, uh, coming up on 20 till the top of the hour, 41 minutes past the hour of 10 o'clock. And uh, we pick back up with John Marcus, 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Uh, John, let me ask you this question as we uh, come back here. Thanks for hanging with me through the break. In regards to the teams on the show, is it fair to say that the more things change, the more they stay the same? There are teams that no one has ever heard of or seen on TV before, which is great. But then, of course, there's this little, I call it the, the growing stable of John Marcus go-to teams. Johnny Trigg, Leanne Whippin, now it seems to be like a Mo Case on, a Melissa Cookston, a Diva Q. All have been on a previous iteration of the show, some stemming back to OLN, um, You know that being uh, Leanne. Do, do you need to have that mix in order for this kind of a show to work in your eyes? You know, it's it's a question of how this whole puzzle fits together. So it's not like we say, oh, here's someone who was on the show, we better have them again because they were great. We, we look at the whole field of entries, the people that really want to be on and part of it, and we think about how to match. So we might say, well, let's get some two veterans, two veterans who, who uh, should go up against the new upstart team. And then it's about mixing men with women. So there's about five different kind of criteria that happens into really forming the entire cast of this show. You know, and listen, who doesn't love Johnny Trick? Uh, how could we do a show and not have Johnny Trick on it? I That's guess how sometimes that discussion goes. Well, you could not cast him, I guess. Yes, but then people are going to be saying, "Where's Johnny?" Or perhaps what you're saying is, "I don't want John to go in the, or I don't want uh, Johnny to go in his boot and see what he really got in there." Rumor has it it's either a bottle of whiskey or a gun, and I'm betting it's not a bottle of whiskey. Maybe there's some executive producers that are packing some heat too. Oh, hey, there you go. I, I love to. I'm the biggest pro-gun guy ever, so you're never going to hear a negative word about that from me. By the way, I'm just seeing it now because my, my setup is different. I have my daughter uh, producing the show for me for the first time. Uh, so I'm, I'm actually set in a different area. and I'm not really looking at you. I'm kind of looking off to the side. You have an Emmy standing right up there. Most people are looking to you know pimp sauce covertly or have a book well-placed. I think there's an Emmy Award right over your, uh, your right shoulder. Uh, yes, Craig, there is. It is a blade. What which uh, which one is that? 
a blatant attempt at me to prove my legitimacy in the world of television. <laughs> and that is a, that's the ending that I was uh, given for the Cosby show. Awesome. Uh, and one of the best shows ever on the face of the earth. All right, John, if you don't mind, I'm going to kind of break uh, format here a little bit. And I told people, I, I posted on my Facebook page, if you have any questions for John, post them here, and then I'll try and mix them in. So we'll, we'll kind of do the Facebook question segment if you're open to that. I'm open to anything. Right. I, I like getting on with you and Cleveland. It, to me, it, to me it's, and I'm going I'm to get one of these watches, too. Just use my name. You're going to get hooked up. Just tell them, you're, uh, and tell them who you I'm are. Stuck. Might save an extra 50 bucks. I'm looking for something on my wrist. Go yeah. ahead. Got to do it. All right. Uh, first question from Mark Bigby. If the shows will be – oh, I'm sorry. He's asking if the shows will be available elsewhere for streaming so he can see them because, like me, he does not get that channel. It, it is certainly one of the heartbreaks for me that we're doing this show that people seem to universally like, and it's not available to everybody. Um at a future date, these shows will be available either on iTunes or stream. Uh, I'm very confident about that. Can't I just don't know the date for that. Also, they're going to be available on Netflix, certainly, too. So. Everybody's got Netflix these days. Except, do, you, do you use Netflix, John? Uh, I, I, I stopped using Netflix after the original Spartans. Gotcha. Uh, uh, Arnie, Har- Arnie Howard asks... Uh, trust me, you've never heard this question before, I swear. What does a team need to do to get on the show? Aside from big fat checks and, and cash grabs. Well, you know, we're here's the one thing about the barbecue show that you would be surprised that we are very closely regulated by a compliance company to make sure we don't break the law or the rules of any uh, There's a company that supervises everything we do in order for us to never be accused of any kind of untoward activity. That being said, I do have an offshore account. Who doesn't? And could happily give them that number. And those people get right on the show. Okay. Here's what you got to do. Send in when, when look at forms, look at Great Rampage Show, Barbecue Central, Watch for an announcement that says, guess what, we're going to have more to do. It'll probably put up by Lindsay Free, who uh, is the one who launches all this stuff. Send us a tape where we can tell you how to cook this food and that you're natural in front of the camera. Hey, hey John, let me, uh, let me interrupt you here for a second. The, the audio is kind of breaking up, so I'm going to hang up on you. I'm going to call you right back in one second. I'm here. All right. Apologize for that. Bobby, give me a little Benny Hill music while we do that. People want to see me dance. All right, go ahead and uh, call John back. It's the best song ever. It makes everything great again. Feeling a little down. Day didn't go your way. A little Benny Hill music, a little yakety sax makes everything feel. All right, John's back. Go ahead and uh, drop that Benny Hill there, Bob. All right, John, uh, you back with me? I'm right here. All right. Sounds much better. All right. So uh, for the teams that want to get on the air, uh, and you're talking about audition tapes. My recommendation, and this goes, this goes for the people that get on the show, from what I, from what I need out of the tape. And I'm, I'm part of a process. Lindsey Freed watches everything. Jay Peterson, who is the uh, 
co-owner of Original Media, our company that produces the barbecue show. Be yourself. You know, remember that old country song, You Just Gotta Act Naturally? Of course. Who doesn't know that song? Patsy Cline, right? I'd say go get that song if you want to be on the show and listen to it over and over again. If you feel like, well, we're going to just ramp it up, we're going to show that we're like, we could be on WWF, we're high-octane people, that's not going to get you on the show. Unless it's who you really are. You know, a guy like Joe Davidson, who is really a great salesman and so fabulous in front of the camera, that works for him. He's just hilarious and natural and one of my favorite people out there in barbecue. But to all the people that we don't know that we've never seen before, be funny, be yourself, show us you can cook, have great interactions with a teammate. Those are things that are going to get you on, I swear. Sorry, I'm working my foot switch here so I don't cough uh, right over your talking there. Uh, John Marcus joining us here on the show. Uh, Kent Wheelis, I, hopefully I'm saying that right. Uh, how did you get all the other contestants at the contests where you were filming to keep quiet about the results? That would be a lot of contracts to get signed, and it seems they didn't really hide from the crowd per se. That's a great question. <laughs> you know how I, you know how we got them to not tattle on the results. I don't think they really care. Really. I am amazed, and and you know, Greg, it wasn't. And, and listen, God bless them for being discreet and not telling them. But it was not only the people who were contestants at the show. We would often have a live audience gather of up to 100, 150 people, and they never told. Um, we we were very careful. We have these great producers that work with all the crowds, Liz and Christine, and. They basically told them and said, "Please, we this is really important to the to the success of the show that we keep this a mystery." So, for some reason, people were compliant, they were respectful, and I to all of them, thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah. I didn't even get one email or Facebook private message saying I saw so and so and I know the results, but just don't tell it. Not even one person decided to say it. So I have to admit, they did a very good job at keeping it tight-lipped. You know, thank God, if they'd seen us doing the exact same show we were doing the season before, they probably would have ratted us out immediately. Yeah, it would have been, uh, don't watch the show at all costs. Now, <laughs> it would have been, hey, they're doing Snake in episode four. Yeah, all the you classic know, barbecues like Snake and uh, you know, Chicken Heads. <laughs> So that might have been the key is like they could see by watching we were doing authentic barbecue. And the truth is, listen, when you're in a contest and you're and the fifty people, fifty teams cooking, it's they they honestly couldn't pay that much attention to us because they are, you know, you got your hands full when you're cooking a contest. You're underwater with it. So that's part of it, I think, as well. And uh, also like we were a little bit off to the side. We weren't in the midst of all of them, and that may have helped as well. John Marcus joining us here on the show. All right, last question from Facebook uh, coming from David Qualls. And uh, I'll preface this that I'm the one asking the question, so don't suit the messenger here. But he wanted me to ask you if it was true that the show had been scripted for a certain pitmaster to win, that he was told by a good friend that his good friend, who was on the show, 
was told that there was a scripted winner for not only a, a qualifying round, but for the winning finale of everything. Is the show scripted like the NBA lottery, John? Uh, what's this guy's name? David Qualls. Didn't I see him quoted as saying that he had also seen Bigfoot? We all know Bigfoot isn't real. Even though those reality TV people want to believe it with every fiber of their being, it's not real. I want to challenge that guy for spreading this hateful rumor to proving in some way that, that to showing some proof that this is true. Because anybody can say anything. And if, if he knew what we were put through in order to guarantee that this was an unbiased, unscripted result. Because in, in the United States, when you do a game show of any kind where people win money, and, and that's essentially what Barbecue Pitmasters is, it qualifies as a contest, a game show. Back in the early 60s, when there was this uh, rigged show called The $64,000 Question, yes. The great film, the uh, quiz show was made about it, that great Robert Redford film. All these rules were put into place that would prevent any kind of rigged results for money prizes. And we have a a person who actually sits in the car with Lindsay Freed for the finals and for the first show who watches every number she calculates and reads every score the judge wrote down. So there's absolutely, like, if you could say that the American Royal was rigged and whoever won that was rigged, if you're gonna, you might as well say that. But there's no way you can rig that because it's blind judging. And we have the same kind of supervision on our show. So anybody's gonna say whatever they want, but um, uh, I think this guy might have hurt his chances to get on the show. Now, uh, we're, so, I mean, I would obviously take $50,000. But to rig a show for fifty grand on Destination America, which half the people don't get anyway in their house, that's probably not, like, the best conspiracy theory we've ever heard. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. I, I wish he could have done a lot better. Like, you know, if he could have said that uh, one of our cooks was actually an alien... I think that would have been much more fun. Absolutely. Uh, John uh, John Mark is joining us here on the show. All right, so we're, we're looking ahead to, you know, the second half of the Pitmasters season. Is it going to be, you know, still kind of holding more of the same, or do you anticipate, have you, like, reserved the, the best three or four episodes uh, for that back end? Well, we've actually shown the show. You know, we only have one more and then the final to do. Okay. We're only going to select one more finalist in the next episode on Sunday, and then we're going to show the final. Um, I think we're down one week, possibly. Uh, I don't have that in front of me. But I think somewhere on the Sunday after July 4th is when the final is going to be. Um, we're basically popping through these episodes as we shot them. Because our schedule, our post-production schedule was so tight, the amount of time given to really editing and and putting in the sound and the visuals that uh, we just we just did them as they came to us. It's not like we had any strategy to how we were going to show. So no, you're seeing the ones as, as we did them in the way we did. Them. All right. So uh, we'll, we'll hope 
that Destination America is just keeping it in their, their back pocket that they really like the show and that they're just going to, as soon as this ends, they're going to come to you and extend this huge contract with a lot more money for production and all this other stuff. You know, but I think, and I, I've made no bones about it, John, I, I am not a fan of you know this style of show. I love everybody that's on it. Uh, most of them have been on my show, and I want them to do well, and I want them to succeed in anything that could potentially bring them more of whatever they love doing. I, I would never just want to get on a show and do it in hopes of making a ton of money. I would want to do it, A, first because... I guess that's why, because I do this show. But I want to do it first because I love it, and then if something else befalls me from me being a good guy and a hard worker or whatever, so be it. But I, I just I just can't like the show in setup, the Chopped show. and it's And I'm so in the minority because... Chopped is going to be doing a grilling thing like uh, the the end of next month and into August, so it's it's obviously very popular. Um, yeah. Do you think so? Let's say we 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 I'm uh, president of Destination America, and I said, John, it's a raging success. We're going to renew you for you know the next three or four years on question, and uh, I'm going to blank check to you. What what are like two or three things that you would like to spend money on that you think would be huge improvements to the show? Hand over fist. Um, well, you know, I'm, I'm playing with the house's money. So if we do another show, you're going to want them to weigh in on it because they're writing the checks and they're the one that they're like, I, like we always say, you know, you got to go dance with the one that brung you. Yeah. So that aside, because Destination America has just really shown they believe in this show. They believe in us and they believe in barbecue and competition barbecue is a way to showcase part of America and sort of part one of a big American pastime that's growing. Uh, I would I would like to in the future and, and I'm only going to speak of this because I've openly talked about this with the executives at the at the network. One of the things that's starting to feel a little worn down to me, not about the show, but is all of the devices and the crutches that are used in competition barbecue. It's, it's becoming um, something that's kind of grating on me a little bit. And I, lo- I love barbecue and I love the KCBS and all they've done. But I think when they began this, they didn't realize that one day everybody would cook alike. And I'll tell you, Greg, that is something I think we got to be very careful of in competition queue because it's going to get stale. And I want us to do episodes that I told them about this where there is no wrapping and there is no devices that get attached to the smoker to regulate temperature and that people have to learn to cook with wood. They have to learn the science of wood. They have to learn the combustion. They have to learn the moisture content. They have to learn what woods go best with what meats. And I really think that that is a way to truly excite the field. You know, I'll give a tip of the hat to Josh Azurski, who is a food blogger, food writer here, and he also writes for Time.com, great guy, purist, who's going to be doing a contest where people are only cooking with wood and they're all cooking on the same pit. That's one of the things I'd love to see us do in, in the show. Bringing it back to what some people would call more uh, prototypical barbecue or upholding the standards of old barbecue, whatever you want to call it. 
Yeah, you know, and and Craig Goldwyn, Craig Meathead Goldwyn, you know, believes that everything's barbecue, and I, I kind of agree with him with grilling and whether it's, you know, what's done in Korea or what's done, you know, down in South America with the gauchos. But um, I, I hope I'm not getting too many barbecue comp- competitors mad at me when I say this, but I think it's for the future of the sport. Well, I think the the, the topic is something that we could probably spend another hour on, you know, going back and forth. But perhaps another topic for uh, for another day. The, the good news yeah. is this. Uh, the show seems to be doing very well. Uh, the, the people that are uh, snobs on what barbecue television should be like this substantially better than season two and uh, still hold season one as, you know, the, 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 the standard or the gold standard of what barbecue television should be. But uh, it seems we found a, a good medium, and more importantly, a television or, or a station that likes it or a network that likes the show, which is obviously probably the most key component out of all of this stuff, whether people like it or not. If broadcast people don't like it, you're kind of screwed either way there. So that a lot of good things going up. Well, thanks, Greg. I, and one thing I thought of, too, is that's going on is I'd like to give away a lot more money, and I'd like to give away money after every episode. And I'd like to give all the barbecue cooks that are on the show money to travel to the show. I'd take every dollar we would get, and I would put it into making people be a little more comfortable. And you know, and also, I want cameras down there at night. I don't know if anyone from Destination America is listening. <laughs> if they are, this could be my last episode with your show and my show. Hey, let's hope not. Let's hope not. If I was going to go out on any show, though, it would be on Barbecue Central oh, Show, Greg. John, you're a sweetheart, and I uh, always appreciate you uh, making time for the show. Uh, again, we're talking with John Marcus. He's the executive producer of Barbecue Pitmasters. John, uh, let's uh, hope that uh, everybody likes it as much as we think that they do, and uh, we're here to talk about yet a season four. Uh, but in any event, I always appreciate you coming on the show and uh, for the candor and the honesty. Thanks for doing it. My pleasure, always. Thank you. All right, there he is, John Marcus, executive producer of the Barbecue Pitmasters, and you can find that show Sundays on Destination America if uh, your particular uh, package carries that, and you can also uh, catch reruns. I believe I saw a rerun in Florida like on Wednesday, and uh, that would be at the same time, so I saw Johnny Trigg beat uh, a couple other people, so that's uh, all great stuff. All right, uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap the show up here. Uh, you can go ahead and yeah, do that, and you can turn the. There you go, beautiful. All right. Did you lose yourself there for a second? Huh? Come on, quit falling asleep there at the helm. All right. Uh, let's see. How the hell are we going to get out of here? Where are we at? Go ahead and uh, hit play. Yeah, just start start a deck. There you go. Hi, this is Greg Fade Rampey, that. Of the Barbecue Central I don't want to hear myself uh, promote me. And you are listening to. And then are we coming right up to the end? Go ahead and hit it again. Hit that. Hit play. Now the other one. Yep. Oh no! Okay, fade that one out. And fade the next one out. Sorry, guess. Little technical here. And that should give me my out song here. So let's see. I'll play it. You're gonna have to play it. Beautiful. Well, you know, look, what this is what happens. Get on camera, Bob. Here's what happens. 
We have a guest who is uh, what you would call a big shot. And we want to make sure we're getting all of the talk in. So that puts us over our clock. So some things have happened. Uh, we, we've run the show long. So now Kevin Bevington is pissed at us. He's going to hit us. Hit us hard. So, A, you get in front of him. Because I'll, I'll run. You take the punches. You're the producer. You have to take the punches for the house. Second, we have allowed a Emmy Award-winning producer to make sure that he has said his piece because he's given us time, right? Very important. And when all of that else happens, then we have to figure out how we match the clocks. And Who cares? You're getting rave reviews here on the... Uh, wait, stop it. Stop. Hit the stop button up there. Nope. Other one. Yes. Now pull down the menu to go back to Clint. Sorry. Sorry. Show's not over yet. Sorry. Go back to Clint and then find the one that says uh, uh, DeGueo Barbecue. Not yet. Play that. I'm with Kit from DeGueo Barbecue. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm fine, Kelly. How about you? I'm doing well. Thank you. How did you feel the cook went today? Well, I think it went okay. I think we had a good, consistent cook across all four categories, but uh, we'll see what the judges have to say about that. Oh, God, the wind is killing it. I don't think there were any real problems. Uh, I will tell you, though, we, uh, we're, we're cooking with a new cooker uh, this week. We just purchased a new Backwoods Fat Boy. Put that, uh, Fat boy. Put that right into battle, and um, it did well. It, uh, it cooked well, so we'll see, uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. How you doing? Other than a new cooker, were there any changes to your cook? Uh, no changes. We tried to keep it consistent. You know, we've had some success in the last couple of years, so we're just trying to stay the course. And where will we see you next? Next week we'll be in uh, Palmyra, Virginia at, uh, at the cook-off there. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Kelly. Hi, Palmyra, Virginia. Uh, my dad was born in Elmira, New York. Moving on. So, obviously, there was no uh, windscreen on the microphone. These are things that happen. I'll have to talk to Kelly about that. So that was Kit Rudd, pitmaster of DeGueo Barbecue, after turn-ins. Just so happens that earlier in the week, Kit asked for the Barbecue Central radio show Karma. He keeps saying this Kelly Karma, which is complete horse crap. This is my karma. Don't try and change it, Kit, or I'll never give it to you again, and then we'll see how many grand championships you get. Hit, uh, is there one that says winner? The one that says winner at all, hit the green arrow at the top right of that box and see if there's one that says winner. No? No? Or a champion? The one that says champion? Says grand champion? Yeah. Boom. Play it. I'm with Kit Rudd from DeGuayo Barbecue, the new grand championship of Swantastic. How are you feeling right now? Hey, I'm feeling great, Kelly, and thanks for that karma that you gave me. What are you talking about, now, what Kit? What do you think was your Bastard. greatest uh, strong point to help you win first place? I think it was having a plan, having a good plan, and executing a plan, and just cooking consistently across all four categories. I, I think. I that's think. What I think right, it well, was barbecue central radio. I think it was the barbecue central radio show karma. That's what I think. Give me back to the BBQ CS sound effects right now. I'll get ready for an air horn. Uh, Kelly, I think it was the barbecue central radio show karma that did it the best. Man. Never heard anybody jerk with the karma like that before. There were other people going down to Palmyra, from what I understood. All right, Kit, congratulations. Very good.
Congratulations to you and your winning. Plus, you had uh, Fred Bernardo hot on the heels, who was just kind of, uh, I think he was getting karma by uh, osmosis because he sponsors the show. All right, uh, let's go ahead and uh, get out again. Hit the play. Yeah. So that's what happens when you hit the microphone stand with a pen. Yep, 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 yep. All right, uh, let me quickly thank my thank thank my guests tonight. Uh, we had Robin Lindars at nine fourteen. We had Fred Bernardo at nine thirty five, and we had John Marcus for the last two segments in the ten o'clock. Huge show coming up next week. Don't forget, uh, two days from today, I will be on the Sam Livecast at nine fifteen p.m. Eastern Standard Time or thereabouts. Visit uh, thesamlivecast.com if you want to hear me get interviewed. Sam will be turning around and doing my show next Tuesday. Now, let me help you to control the rusty grill-grade population if you use raw cast iron. Each and every time after you use it, after it starts to cool down, scrape it off, hit it with a little bit of Pam, a little bit of Crisco if you want, burnt, let it burn back in as it cools all the way down, and you will prevent rust. It will give you generations of rust-free cooking, no doubt about it. Also, look at here, September 11, 2001. Bang, bang, bang. I will never forget, and I know you won't. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American Greg Rempe. Good night now. Good night now.